It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through a holiday weekend. It's Tuesday, right, Scooter? It's yeah. Tuesday. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in the studio, Justin Kalen on the other side of the glass. It doesn't feel like Monday because he's never here on Monday. Mr. Three-Day Weekend, every weekend. This is kind of like your Monday. Yeah, kind of like my Monday. I'm, I'm mailing in on Mondays anyway. <laughs> and Fridays. And most Wednesdays. Tuesday, but it's Tuesday today, so get ready, listener. We've got a great show lined up. Great show. It is Tuesday, May 30th. Two days left in the month of May. Crazy. Celtics spit the bit last night. I'll get to that. Eminem Carnage Hotline's open. I, I'm, I'm upset. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, well, head to Thornton's right now. All 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. That's right, 89 cents. Come in today, grab a fountain drink, and hit me up on the Thornton's text line today. At five, What else are you doing? You might as well text me. 502-414-1450. was the final last night. Oh, Celtics. Last play of the game on Friday, they get a tip in to extend the series. Or Saturday, I should say. First play of last night's game, Jason Tatum turns his ankle. Literally back-to-back plays. And I'm not going to say that's why they lost because Jason Tatum could have scored 50 last night and they probably lose that game. But it sure was not a good sign. Uh, and I, I crowed on this show, oh, I think the Celtics are going to do it. I told Scooter, any chance? Scooter said, no, no chance. Turns out he was right. Everybody thought, this was going to be it. Boston, Red Sox did it to the Yankees in 2004, coming back from an 0-3 deficit. Uh, Boston going to do it again. Uh, how about no? Celtics shot 9 of 42 from three-point land. At some point, you have to give up on the three-pointer and drive the basketball. They did not. This is after 7 for 35 in game 6 that they somehow still miraculously won after losing a 10-point lead with 4.5 to play and they get the tip in from Derek White at the buzzer. The last two games from three-point land, Boston 16 of 77. That is 20.8%. You and I could do better. And now teams are 0 and 152 trying to come back in the NBA from 3 0 deficits in the playoffs. We thought it was going to be 1 and 151. I know I certainly did. Even though I took the heat yesterday in the, uh, in the, in the points, I was getting seven points. Why don't we believe in the heat yet? Is it because they got that eight in front of their name? They were an eight seed? Is that it? Is that as simple as that? They were in a play-in. There's no way they can win the title. They are eight-and-a-half-point underdogs in game one on Thursday night at Denver. Eight-and-a-half. 
Denver is minus 360 to win the series. Yes, they're the one seed. Yes, they have the best record in the West. Yes, Nikola Jokic probably deserved to win a third straight MVP award instead of Joel Embiid. Maybe they both deserve it. I'm fine with that. But the Heat garner no respect. And this comes down to, and I said this when it was 0-3, and I said it when it was 3-2, and I said it even though I wasn't on the radio because uh, of the holiday weekend, I said it when it was 3-3. This comes came down to coaching. Joe Mazzula has never been there. He was an afterthought. Let's grab a guy. We had to fire our coach or suspend him at the time. Let's just get somebody in-house that we think. You know Joe Mazzula is two years younger than Al Horford? <laughs> How about that? He's two years younger than one of his starters. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, come on in, Joe. You're doing a great job. Let's go ahead and give you a contract. I don't know if Joe Mazzula is the coach of the Celtics by the end of this week. I don't. If he won that game last night, you're singing a different tune, though, right? I guess. We'll never know what I'm singing because he didn't win. Eric Spolstra won. Eric Spolstra is a Hall of Fame coach. Mm -hmm. Just like Mike Malone uh, beat Darvin Ham. Mike Malone's been there. He's lost in conference finals. He knows the feeling. He knew what it was like. And he got over the hump this time. Darvin Ham never been there. Joe Mazzula never been there. Eric Spolster has been there. And for stop with the Eric Spolster could only win when he had LeBron and D-Wade. Stop it. He's been to the finals numerous times. That means more than once, Scooter, in case you're wondering. So I'm Without cu- LeBron James. I- I'm curious your thoughts, John. Yeah. So. You brought up the Boston Red Sox. Yep. So am I wrong for thinking that to come back from a 3-0 hole is easier to do in the NBA? or because I think it's it, easier in baseball because baseball You think it is easier baseball's in baseball? Baseball's too random. Okay. It's too random. I mean, I, I look at – and this is high school, so it's different. But I look at high school this year in the seventh region in Kentucky. Trinity was number one in the state. St. X was number two in the state. Manuel was number three in the state. You know which of those teams got out of the seventh region to go to the state tournament, which starts on Thursday? None of them. Eastern's gone. Baseball is random. So it, it's easier for baseball. And baseball is also pitching. You're only as good as your next day's starting pitcher. That's the way it used to be. If you're on a, a two-game losing streak and your star, your stud is starting the next game, then you're not going to be on a three-game losing streak in all likelihood. Baseball is more random. And when Tatum went down and the Celtics missed, I don't know, their first 10 threes, maybe more than that, you know they hit their last two. They were 9 for 42, they hit their last two. That means they were 7 for 39 at one point. When they missed all those threes in the first quarter, you know, I, I said it was over. M- late third quarter, Derek, or early middle third quarter, Derek White makes some plays and they cut it to seven, I think. And you start getting your hopes up as a fan, but those were quickly dashed. Caleb Martin, 26 points and 10 rebounds for the Heat. He only ended with 10. He had like six in the first quarter. He is the. 
he has scored he scored the most points ever in a game seven for an undrafted player. How about that stat? I pulled that one out of my Wahoo there, didn't I? That's a good one. Most look it up. Most points ever in a game seven for an undrafted player. And the Celtics, who whose game is three point shooting, watched as Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson. All these guys, and Caleb Martin, all just rained threes down on them because they guarded Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler, look, all these teams have A and B players, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic together, Steph and Clay, um, LeBron and AD, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Embiid and Harden. They all have two. The Heat has Jimmy Butler. And whoever else plays good that night. And what Jimmy Butler does better than anybody I've seen this year, is, well, Jokic does it too. He doesn't get his points early. He gets everybody involved early. And then when he has to take over, whether it's the third quarter or the fourth quarter, that's when he does. But he gets everybody else involved. And if they're winning and everybody else is involved, then he doesn't care if he scores. Yeah, he had 28 last night. That was a pretty quiet 28. And Caleb Martin probably should have been MVP of the series. But it was it, – Jimmy Butler, I have no problem with that. But Caleb Martin played great throughout the series, especially in the four games they won, which is all that matters. Miami shot 48.8%. Boston, because of that three-point inaccuracy, 39% from the field. Brown had 19, Derek White had 18, Tatum 14 and 11 on a bum ankle. He didn't want to make excuses after the game. I, I applaud him for that. Now the Celtics have to say, what are we going to do here? What do we do? Because you had two all-NBA players, which means you got two guys eligible for max contracts now. And I don't know if you can pay them both. You can. I don't know where you're going to pay anybody else on that team. Anything. Is Jalen Brown, do you, do you cut the court here? Do you get rid of Jalen Brown? Do you get rid of Joe Missoula? That's the question. Do you get rid of your coach, and do you get rid of, of number two in your one-two punch? I'm not sure Jalen Brown's a number one anywhere else. But you, these are two guys that play the same position. You know, Denver's got Murray's a, a point-slash-shooting guard, mostly a point guard that scores, and... Jokic is the big man. Is Harden's a guard and Bede's a big man. I mean, his position really that important in the NBA? The game anymore? is more positionless than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, but these two guys, they they don't handle the ball very well against pressure defense. They're great when guys aren't guarding. Oh, they go between the legs, behind the back, spin moves. When somebody's up in their grill, they're not great ball handlers. Neither one of them. And that's why they had to bring in Derek White late last year. That's why they had to bring in Malcolm Brogdon in the offseason. Man, where would this team have been without Derek White? This, that's a great this question. Playoffs. I mean, he uh, was. Oh, and f- they would have went. They would have lost four games to two or four games to one. He he was like the only player on that team that was full throttle all the time. Whereas a lot of the a lot of the guys were just they would let their foot off the gas and kind of kind of coast for a while. Whereas Derek White. Well, he had 18 last night, but again, um, n- nobody shot well for Boston last night. Tatum was 5 of 13. By the way, your best player, I know he was hurt, but 
hurt or not, he played 41 minutes. He took 13 shots. Jalen Brown was 8 of 23. White was 5 for 12, probably the best on the team last night. Horford, the uh, 74-year-old Al Horford, was 3 of 8. Marcus Smart, oh, Marcus Smart. He's the glue, Scooter. That's what I always hear. Marcus Smart in Boston. He's the glue. Nine points, four of ten from the field, one of six from three, two rebounds, four assists. The glue. <laughs> Robert Williams didn't start last night. He was four of five, eight points, six rebounds. He was good when he came in early. He though. only played 13 minutes. When he came in that second quarter, he was really good. When Miami went small, Bam got three fouls midway second quarter. Boston had to go small because Robert Williams couldn't guard anybody. You can't guard anybody when there's no center to guard. Brogdon only played uh, seven minutes. He was obviously, his shoulder was still bothering him. So they finally shut him down. Uh, he didn't score. Grant Williams, three points, three shots in 16 minutes. Just And, and it was a lackadaisical effort. That's I think as a fan, that bothers me more than anything because that, that place was jacked up in the pregame. Mm-hmm. If you watched any of the coverage on TNT early, that place was going nuts. They had the big video board showing the Red Sox coming back from down 03 and uh, why not us and all that uh, all that stuff. And it, it was jacked up. And boy, the Celtics, they let them down big time last night. 22 to 15 was the score after the first quarter. Did you have the under scoots? I hope you did. I uh, did not, but that 22 was an to awful 50. quarter. You know what the over-under was, right? 203 no. and a half. <sighs> what I, what do I always say when it's something like that? Vegas could not make it low enough. They tried. They couldn't make it low enough. 203 and a half. Game finished 187. Yikes. Easy under. Easy. That first quarter was awful. It was brutal to watch. It was brutal to watch. Um, so game one is Thursday in Denver, 8.30, ABC. It goes over to the big network now. Uh, I'll be watching. I'm, I'm interested in this Miami team. Denver's had rest. Sometimes too much rest is not a good thing. I don't know if they come out ready to play. I assume they will. Got a good coach. Got an all, you know. All NBA player in Jokic got Murray, who's fully healthy after that injury last year. Coming off vacation, <laughs> they spent some time in the Bahamas. Maybe I don't know. Doing a little skiing in Denver. I bet you they didn't weren't allowed to do any skiing. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Brian Brown. That's a good team, and they play defense, and they throw. Here's what they do: better than anybody, they make the extra pass. They don't settle for the good shot. They make the extra pass and get the great shot. And sometimes it's late in the shot clock, but that's okay. There's a reason they're minus 360. It's not just because we don't believe in Miami. I think we finally believe in Denver. If you remember, we didn't believe in Denver. Remember that? We thought Phoenix was going to beat them. Oh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant? Come on. That's why they brought Durant in, just to beat Denver. That was quick and painless. And then the Lakers, they're playing better than anybody, right? LeBron, AD's healthy. They, the, the trade deadline moves that the Lakers made all worked out great. Austin Reeves is a discovery. 
You got D'Angelo Russell, Hachimura. You brought him in at the deadline. Oh, Lakers are going to give Denver all they want. Four games to none. Four zip. By the way, I uh, I think we believe in Denver. Now. B- before the game yesterday, I bet Denver to win the series or to win the title at minus 130. It's minus one, minus 360 now. It's crazy. Well, they, look, everybody and their brother thought Boston. I thought Boston was going to win. Yeah. I took the points, but I thought Boston was going to win the game. Same. Everybody thought they were going to win. And boy, ABC and ESPN, oh, Lakers Celtics, we're back. This is going to be great. Lakers Celtics in the finals. And Nuggets Heat. <laughs> Nuggets Heat. Did you just toot over there? Yeah. Not what we wanted, but I think it'll be a great series. And I'm not counting Miami out. I'm done counting Miami out. I'm done counting Denver out. I, I, I thought Phoenix would beat Denver. I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm counting Miami out. <sighs> you counted Boston out. Turns out you were right. But, boy, it took <laughs> a lot longer than you thought it was going to take. And like you just said, you thought Boston was going to win last night. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. Philadelphia, the Sixers have a new head coach. We'll talk about that. Uh, the Reds swept my Cubs over the weekend. I am not happy. I am ready to give up on baseball. A great return in baseball last night, and the Stanley Cup Finals are ready to begin as well. Are you excited about that? I, and I did not watch the – I don't even know the name of the guy that won the Indy 500. I read it, never <laughs> heard of him, and I can't remember what it was. Joseph Newgarden. All that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Anyway, Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline's open 384 1450. 502 384 1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, Thornton's text line open as well 502 414 1450. Get your text into the show at that number. Bats uh, in action again tonight. They take on the Wooster. Is it Wooster Mass? Yeah, or Worcester. Wooster. It's Worcester sauce, but it's Wooster Mass, right? It, and that's one of those teams that every time Nick Curran says it for the bats, I'm like, he's got to be saying that wrong. <laughs> yeah, Wooster. <laughs> the Wooster Red Sox. Uh, do you know who they're a farm team of? Yeah, good guess. Uh, Red Sox. If you get this one wrong, I really don't know where to go with you. Red really Sox. Uh, that is six, I want to say 635 tonight. As the bats uh, back in action, back uh, at home, right? Are they at home tonight? Maybe no, not. I, I could be wrong on that. I'll have to check. I'm not a bats expert. Bats are hot though. They are over five hundred. Yeah, they they're playing really well. Uh, let's see. That is uh, at home. Yeah, six thirty-five tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday, seven fifteen Friday and Saturday, and one o five Sunday. The Wooster Red Sox in town to take on your Louisville bats. That's a and you can hear all the action, as always, right here on the Big X. Congratulations to Jeff Red Devils. They won the sectional over Floyd Central in baseball on Saturday, on Monday, yesterday. Correct. Correct. Matt called that uh, game right here yeah. on the Big X. He says one of the best high school games he's been a part of. They will advance. I did one Jeff game this year. I did Jeff Manuel, um, and 
I don't know who won. You think they were impressive enough to win a sectional? No, not at that point. But uh, they split a doubleheader with Manuel. We did the second game, uh, the game that uh, Jeffersonville won, four to nothing. So, um, Manuel's pretty good. So, we'll see. We'll see if they can advance. I'm sure we'll have some more baseball. I'm guessing next weekend, right here on the Big X. But again, as I say often, I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, the Vegas Golden Knights destroyed uh, Dallas last night, six nil. Ooh. That's a beatdown. That was in Dallas. Vegas won the first three games. All of a sudden, it was like, here we go again. And these Dallas won at home. Dallas won on the road. That's three games to two. They're going back to Dallas. And you're going, wow. Not last night. Six nothing Vegas. Florida and Vegas will begin the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, finals, Stanley Cup finals on Saturday, 8 o'clock on TNT in Vegas. Vegas is minus 135 to win game one. One, remember Florida's an eight seed as well. So Florida Panthers, I'm sorry, Florida Panthers, that's correct, eight seed, Miami Heat eight seed. What in the world's going on down in Florida? Something in the water. Ah, it's good because there is water. <laughs> but Miami's kind of claiming the Florida Panthers. They're they're uh, 45 minutes from Miami. They're closer to Fort Lauderdale, closer to Boca Raton where everybody goes to retire. Where are they? Samford? Sunrise. Oh, okay. Sunrise, Florida. Now, do I know where Sunrise, Florida is exactly? I do not. That's okay. But that's where they're at. So game one Saturday on TNT. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, let's check here. Game two of the NBA Finals is on Sunday. The NHL does not want to compete with the NBA. Oh, they shouldn't compete with the the any either. And they shouldn't have to this yeah, time of year. Exactly. Uh, both leagues should be like, yeah, we don't want to schedule it that way. Uh, and they did. So there you go. All right. Nick Nurse is the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. He comes over from Toronto. Sources say, or I, I, I have been told by other TV outlets, that he had his choice, Philadelphia or Milwaukee. He chose Philly. He chose Joel Embiid instead of. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hmm. Surprise? A little bit. Yeah, I, w- I would take Giannis. I mean, you got you got James Harden, Joel Embiid, a young Tyrese Maxey who was really good this year. Um, you got some building blocks there, but Harden's not getting any younger. But Giannis, best player in the game, hard to, hard to argue that he's not one of the top two players in the game, he and Jokic. I think I would have gone with Milwaukee. And where's Budenholz? I don't understand, and look, I've been on Joe Missoula since the Celtics were down 0-2, lost both home games to start the series. But these teams that are good getting rid of their coaches. Phoenix gets rid of Monty Williams. Toronto, Nick Nurse, won them a title, gone. Uh, Doc Rivers, I know he struggled in game sevens. I know he struggled He's won a title in Boston. He's a really good coach, and Philadelphia was in the – they were a game away from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost their last two, you know, two against Boston. Nick Nurse, Budenholzer in Milwaukee, two years ago he won a title. They go their separate ways. Now, part of this is the inmates run the asylum. And – the underlying word on the street is that Kevin Durant wanted Monty Williams out. 
DeAndre Ayton definitely wanted Monty Williams out. They didn't get along at all. But if you're Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, do you cave? There's a story today that several years ago, players wanted Eric Spolster out at Miami. <laughs> and they went to Pat Riley, and Pat Riley said, don't come in my office and tell me who to make who the new who the coach should be. That's my job. That's not your job. Go play. And here we are, eight years later. He was right. But some sometimes the inmates run the asylum. If Giannis Antetokounmpo wanted Mike Budenholzer to be the head coach in Milwaukee, he'd still be the head coach. Now he might not have said fire him, but when the general manager and the owner go to Giannis and say, we're thinking about making a change, it's easy for Giannis to say, don't make that change. I like Coach Mike, Coach Bud, as they call him. Obviously, he didn't say that. He didn't have to say fire him. He just had to say, don't not fire him because of me. If you want to fire him, that's not my decision. But if you're Kevin Durant, if you're Joel Embiid, uh, if you're whoever in Toronto, who's whoever the star in Toronto is. OG Ananobi. Pascal Siakam. <laughs> I'm not sure they ran it by any of the Toronto Raptors about Nick Nurse. But Nurse lands on his feet in Philadelphia, and he's got a ready-made team there. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Embiid, Harden. They were, again, up 3-2 over the Celtics in the conference semifinals. They've got the tools to make it happen. And now, now, who ends up in Phoenix? Who ends up in Milwaukee? Ime Udoka took the job in Houston. He'll never be heard from again. Great decision. Of course, if you're Ime Udoka and it's Houston, all they got to do is make the playoffs. 75% of the teams make the playoffs, maybe 80%. If you include the play-in games. So you got nothing to lose there. Does Doc Rivers find a landing spot? Do the Celtics decide, hey, Mike Budenholzer, come on in. Hey, Doc Rivers, you won one here before. Come on in. At a certain point, these older coaches are going to get pushed out. You would think. With the Darvin Hams of the world's getting hired and. If Missoula's able to hold on to his job. It doesn't happen that way, though. These guys just get reshuffled. They just get reshuffled over and over and over again. Even the young guys. Who's the old Duke player that was coach of the Jazz and then left to be coach of the Hawks? No clue. Now look up the coach of the Hawks and you'll have your answer. (laughs) Pretty simple. Uh, Back to the Celtics. Don't do research for this show. Yeah, I know. Neither do I, by the way. Jalen Brown, I don't think he's in Boston next year. I don't see them paying him the uh, the super max deal. It's that simple. Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. He was with the Jazz for a while and stepped down last year. What happens? Eh, you know what? Atlanta's going to hire him. I didn't realize he went to Duke. Well, he played at Duke. Not a great player. He's a good player. All right, uh, great story last night in uh, Chicago. Liam Hendricks, former closer for the White Sox, had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Beat it over the uh, offseason. 
had some, uh, you know, had to get back in shape, all that stuff, everything you got to do if you're a professional athlete and you somehow beat cancer. He did. He made his debut with the White Sox last night. Now, he gave up two runs in one inning. Uh, the White Sox were down 4-3 to the Angels. They lost the game 6-3. Hendricks gave up two runs in the top of the eighth inning. But what a great reception from the White Sox fans, from the team, from the Angels standing in the dugout cheering. The place was going bonkers, and nobody deserves it more. He was a great closer, and maybe he'll be a great closer again. Obviously, that's what he wants to do. But the fact that he is on a mound pitching in the major leagues in May after beating non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the offseason was a minor miracle. It was great to see. Uh, Reds swept my Cubs this weekend. Uh, Scooter's Reds. Ed Peak's Reds. Are you saying that right? The Reds? Are you sure it wasn't the Rays? 9-0, 8-5, and 8-5. That's incredible. Uh, By the way, the Reds are in Boston tonight. That's Start three. a series with the Red Sox. That's three more wins. That's cool, by the way. They've done it before, but it, it always, to me, and you're too young, but to me it brings back memories of the big red machine and the the Reds, the great Red Sox teams of 70, 1975, 76, uh, those teams, those Reds teams. 75 World Series, still considered by many the best World Series ever. Carlton Fisk hits the foul pole. In the 12th inning in Game 6 to send it to a Game 7, there's a rainout. They play Game 7. The Reds are down. They score two in the eighth. Pete Rose diving into third. Joe Morgan with the big hit. They win, They beat Boston 4-3 and win the World Series. I expect Louis Tiant to start for the Red Sox tonight. Jack Billingham to start. Or maybe Don Gullett uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. And I know you don't know any of those names, Scooter, and I'm that's fine a, with that. I'm sitting here racking my brain. I'm like, wait, no, that's no, not I'm a starter for the Reds. I can name, I was a huge Reds fan in 1975. Now, why am I a Cubs fan now? Because in 1981, cable came, cable television came to Louisville, and the Cubs were on every day at 2.20. I would get off out of school, I would come home, and I would watch the Reds. Well, I ju- mean, watch the Cubs. Judging by where the franchises are now, I'd say you made a good decision. Well, I don't know. Cubs are in, Cubs are in last place. Reds, yeah, are in, Reds are in fourth place. They, they've won a World place. Series recently. They ha- Well, the Reds won one in 1990. Yeah, John, I was one years old. I think technically it's one year old, but anyway. <laughs> this isn't grammatical, <laughs> Apparently not. Um, I can still name that entire Reds lineup. Tony Perez at first, Joe Morgan at second. Just because you can doesn't mean we need I'm, to no, hear I'm you going to. It. Dave Concepcion, <laughs> Pete Rose, George Foster, Cesar Geronimo, Ken Griffey, just Ken Griffey at the time. Now he's Ken Griffey Sr. And Johnny Bench behind the plate. Phoenix Hill Richard just texted me. Bill Bonham on the mound. Don Gullett was a great pitcher. He he went on to pitch for the Yankees, left-hander. He was he was a, the ace of the Reds lineup. Jack Billingham. Of course he did because the Reds couldn't afford him. Ed Armbrister with the, the bunt where he collided with Carlton Fisk. Fisk threw the ball into center field and they didn't call interference. A terrible non-call. Back when there was no replay, back in 1975, the year of our Lord, 1975. But Reds in Boston tonight, uh, these are names I don't know. Ben Lively will go for Cincinnati. He's 2-2 two and two with a 265 ERA. That's pretty good. He's, he spent the majority of the season with the bats. New, newly called him. Brian Bello 
For the Red Sox, he's three and two with a 4.08 ERA, 7.10 first pitch in Fenway Park tonight. Bellow's going to get booed. And the Red Sox fans are just trying to lick their wounds here because they're Celtics fans too. Uh, it's it's been tough of late being a Boston sports fan. Now, Reds fan doesn't want to hear it. Cubs fan doesn't want to hear the the crybaby stuff. I get that, but the Celtics won a title in two thousand eight. They lost in the conference finals in twelve, seventeen, eighteen, twenty. They lost in the NBA finals. Last year to Golden State, and they lost in the conference finals again this year. That's not a good run. Look, teams, people who are fans of teams that don't get in the playoffs don't want to hear it. You know, Orlando Magic fan doesn't want to hear, oh, Boston's having a tough time. But the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup in 2013. They lost the Stanley Cup in 2019. They lost in the first round this year as the number one seed to the Florida Panthers. The Patriots lost the conference championship in 2013 and 2015. Lost the Super Bowl in 2017. I know. No, nobody who's never won no Viking fans wants to hear how bad it is for the Patriots. And then the Red Sox. They uh, lost the ALCS two years ago. So it's been a run here. In Boston, it's been a little bit on the difficult side. They were so used to not winning, and then it felt like for a decade they won everything. Bruins, Red Sox, Patriots, um, Celtics. As I mentioned, they won in 2008 with Pierce and and Allen and and Garnett. But for the last decade, it has been close calls but no cigar. Um, I think it's great. I think it's poetic. As a Cubs fan who won it in 2016 but hasn't been close any of the last 109 other years, right, since 1918 or whatever it is, 103 years, I, I was told there would be no math. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Texter says every game in the 75 series went to the last out, last man in the last inning or so it seems. It, and Louis Tiot pitched a game where he threw 160-something pitches. What? Yeah. Look it up. You can't – there are things that happen that would never, ever happen today, no matter how good the pitcher is. <sighs> John Kidd's our age that went to the park to watch the Big Red Machine often got a trip to Kings Island out of that weekend or an overnight stay at the Northern Kentucky Holodome. It was a Holiday Inn Holodome, and there was a pool under the dome. I remember that as a kid. We went to a Reds game? Yes. We spent the night, went to Kings Island. You ever been to Kings Island? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a party when you're when you're nine or ten. Although they recently took out my favorite roller coasters. Which so. is? Vortex. Loved Vortex. Son of a guns. What are they thinking? I don't know. Gone. Safety issue, maybe? Maybe it was getting old? I'd, I'd still ride Let's it. get rid of it before their children's deaths. G- give me them six loops all day, every day. No problem. All right, let's take a break. News and notes on the other side. We'll talk a little more baseball as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Eye.
Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage with ZZ Top in the background. John Spears uh, in studio. Final segment of the day. Now I want to go to Kings Island now. Same. Or Santa Claus. What is that one called? Holiday World. Holiday World. Santa Claus, Indiana. Free sodas. Free uh, sunscreen. Free parking. Free parking. Got to pay to ride the wooden roller coaster, though. They got to steal one now. <sighs> yeah, I need steel. I wouldn't. I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm not nervous on a wooden roller coaster. It's the guy sitting behind me that I've never met that looks at me and goes, ooh. When's the last time you rode the Raven? Uh, the last time I was there. So that my kids were little, probably 20 years ago. So I imagine you remember 18 it. 18 years ago. I imagine you remember it being pretty rough. Just go yes. times that by about six now. It's awful. I mean, it's you awful. get off and you need a chiropractor. Yes. Right? You get off that thing and you're like, has anybody seen my spleen? Good God. Eminem Cards Hotline's open 384-1450 to join in on this crazy conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your last-minute text into the show at that number, 414-1450. Tony Burke will join me, we think, in studio tomorrow. I think we got two mics working now, right, Scoops? I am. We'll test it one more time before yeah, we leave. Correct. Right? Yep. But as of Friday afternoon, it was working. Correct. Now, were the boys in studio this morning? Uh, they were not, but um, they had Patrick in studio for Rutherford on Friday. Yeah. And he was talking on a mic, so one of them had to be on there that other mic. Right. So That's yeah. good. So Tony Burke will join me in studio tomorrow. Our guy Brandon Fott got sent down by the Diamondbacks. Uh, boo. Yeah, Boo is right. I think five starts. He didn't pitch that poorly. He gave up home runs, though. A lot of the hits he gave up were home runs. And uh, they're sending him down to work on his uh, – what, what's the word I used earlier? Mm. Tony sent it to me. Uh, let me find it real quick. Control. No, not control. It was a good good effort. Uh, command. Command. There we it go. Was, it was – it was a, it was a C word, but not the bad one. <laughs> They're sending him down to work on his command. Uh, he was throwing strikes, but he was getting too much of the strike zone, I think is uh, the reason they're sending him down. But he'll be back, uh, still number one prospect. Here's the thing I worry about with Brandon Fott. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in the hunt, okay? They are a game and a half behind the Dodgers. They're 31-23, and 23, eight games over five hundred. What happens at the trade deadline if you're the Arizona Diamondbacks and you continue to play well? And you've got teams like the Cardinals uh, who have good talent or the Cubs or the Nationals or the Phillies all of a sudden are 25 and 28. What happens when these teams start offering really good players in the last year of their contract? And Arizona needs somebody to fill out their lineup, fill out their bullpen, whatever the case may be. And this team asks for, in return, some prospects, which could include Brandon Fott. That's what you worry about. Now, it's a good worry to have. That means somebody wants you to play for them, wants you to come and learn and, and be one of their future star pitchers. But he's got a good spot there in Arizona. That's a good spot for him. He's been great in Reno. And uh, 
you know, got touched up a little bit. First time up in major leagues. A lot of guys go through it. But I, I worry that, you know, all of a sudden Arizona's trying to get into the playoffs. They're not going to catch the Dodgers, but they got a good shot at a wild card spot. And they're trying to get some more talent in there to help them push them over the edge. And who does that team ask for in return? And I would think one of the first guys you're going to ask for is the number one pitching prospect in the organization, which is Brandon Fox. But again, that is probably two months, down, a month and a half. Well, July 1st. Is it July 1st trade deadline? So a month Sounds right. yeah. uh, down the line. So we'll see what happens there. All right, a couple news and notes here. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri head football coach, did you see what he said Mm-mm. today? This guy's making $6 million a year. He'll make $7 million in 2027. He said uh, he is discouraged because a lot of players are making money in NIL more than his brother-in-law, who's a pediatrician, and his brother-in-law saves lives. How many lives do you save, Eli? You're making $6 million a year. <laughs> Try to read the room here. Try to think about what you're going to say before that uh, jaw starts flapping. Yeah, your brother-in-law, pediatrician, wonderful. Love it. So you should get paid $6 million, but the labor, the guys that do the labor, shouldn't get these NIL deals? Come on, man. Come on. It's all what the market will handle. It's pretty ignorant. And if, if uh, these initiatives or whatever these things are called decide to pay these kids more money than they should be paid, so be it. That's the market. There are so I'm a grumpy old man, right, Scooter? You'd agree oh, with that, yeah. right? Absolutely. I'm grumpy. I get up on my high horse sometimes and talk about the Cincinnati Reds and the old days of 1975. Name the roster. Dan Dreesen was probably the best <laughs> hitting first baseman that didn't have a spot. But anyway, I still don't believe these kids shouldn't get paid. As grumpy and old school as I am, these kids should have been getting paid for a long, long time. Those billion-dollar TV contracts, those networks aren't signing up for coaches or general managers or uh, university presidents or athletic directors. They're signing up for the players. They want the talent on the field to be on their television screen, and that's what the advertisers are going to pay for. And those guys made nothing for a long time. Sure, they made stuff under the table. Everybody cheated. Let's don't kid ourselves. Everybody cheated. But to say these guys are making too much money, more money than my brother-in-law who's a pediatrician and saves lives, while you're making $6 million a year as a head football coach in the Southeastern Conference is sort of deaf to your own. Uh, you're deaf to your own thoughts here, to your own words. Crazy. SEC, I don't know what they're going to do. Eight games, nine games. They're meeting this week. Yeah. It's going to – I know the commissioner wants nine games. Greg Sankey, he wants nine games. I think they're not going to agree to it. I think they're going to come up with an eight-game – some sort of eight-game schedule. I know Kentucky's talking about not having Tennessee with the – with the, when Oklahoma and Texas come, Kentucky's talking about maybe not having Tennessee. They're talking about four – there's 16-team leagues. They're going to talk about 14 pods. And Kentucky and Tennessee may not be in the same pot, which means they wouldn't play every year. That'd be weird. That would be bizarre. 
But, I mean, if they go to nine games, does Kentucky drop Louisville from the schedule? What if they go to nine conference games out of 12? Kentucky still wants those three home games against Eastern Michigan or Ball State or Toledo or whatever MAC team they can get in there three times. Or Louisiana Monroe, they've done that a lot. They want those three games because those are W's. Those are automatic W's. I know Louisville's been a W most of the time, but Jeff Brom's in town now. And I'm not saying they're going to be more talented than Kentucky. They're not. But Jeff Brom, different animal than Scott Satterfield, who didn't understand what L's down even meant the first time they lost. <laughs> Remember that? Debacle? So if they go to nine games, the Kentucky-Louisville series might end. And that would be uh, as weird as Kentucky not playing Tennessee in football, if not weirder. I mean, there was a time they didn't play. I get that. Everybody remembers that. And there was a time they played the first game of the year, which was utterly ridiculous. I mean, somebody's going to lose and be out of the national championship picture, even though they're never really in it, but they're going to be definitely out of it. After one game, Louisville was in it with Lamar Jackson till they lost, till they went down, lost to Houston. Uh, Kentucky, they've been in the we can win the SEC East conversation, but they've never been in the national championship conversation. Not in our lifetimes, and maybe in 1950 they were. These meetings are huge now; they're huge. I don't want to act like they're not. Because the landscape of college football, Texas, Oklahoma, come, Cincinnati and Houston are going to the Big 12 this coming year, along with a couple other teams, uh, Central Florida and I think Tulane. They're going to the Big 12. Uh, does, the big, does the ACC hang on? The ACC all of a sudden has a hierarchy, a tier of teams that are important and, a, and another tier that are not so important. And Louisville right now has fallen in that not-so-important category. They're going to be a lot flushed out over the next few years, especially with the 12-team playoff, which I think is great. Absolutely cannot wait for the 12-team playoff. I think Texas is one of those not-so-important tiers anymore. Do you know in their last 76 Power 5 games, they're 39 and 37? They still got their own network. They still make a lot of money. Uh, they're, not, they're not Texas anymore. Um. Yeah, but they can be. Sure. That's the thing. And and when they get into the SEC, all of a sudden, you're in, if not the best conference, one of the best two conferences with the Big Ten. SEC is always going to say they're the best conference. And most times they're, they're right. I mean, you get Georgia and Alabama taking turns winning national titles. Okay. Texas and Oklahoma are just going to add to that. And, uh, I mean, we'll see. All right, a little bit of baseball. Got uh, less than a minute. Oh, man, I got 30 seconds. I guess 30. we'll talk. Well, Tony's in tomorrow. He loves baseball. There you go. Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow. Don't forget Bats and Wooster tonight, 635. First pitch right here on the Big X. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Anywhere y'all, everywhere y'all. I heard it, I heard it, I heard it.